I'm Charlie Keegan. This is the Central Wigan Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Central Wigan Podcast. This is episode 18 and we are finally able to talk about Wigan Athletic winning a game. I saw a tweet earlier that said it had been 91 days since we last won and I double checked it and they were not wrong. The last win came to DW on November the 12th when we beat Blackpool and since then we've watched a full World Cup and then 10 games after with two different managers and we finally managed to get over the line and get that win. It was Sean Maloney's first game at the DW Stadium. We picked up a draw at Blackburn on Monday night. And I saw all the videos and the photos from Operation Huddersfield, the little supporters rally that was going on before the game. It obviously definitely worked out exactly how we wanted it to, but it was good to see everybody turning out and giving all the players the support. I wouldn't say that the game was really an exciting one to watch, but it was a tense one. And I'm just glad that we were the ones to come away with the win, because I really do think that is a huge turning point in our season now. But as always with these match reviews, I'm going to go through the team selection first, talk about the game in both halves, run through some stats and who the standout players were, and then we'll take a look at the other results in the championship and where we now sit in the table. Sean Maloney was forced into a couple of changes from our draw at Ewood Park on Monday night. Obviously, Martin Kelly ruled out for the season with a knee injury. I'm not sure if it's his ACL or something else, but he's ruled out for the season anyway. Other centre-back, Omar Akik, also. We hope to be back in time for this game, but Sean Maloney said that he wasn't as close as they first hoped, and they gave him until the last minute. It just wasn't the, wasn't the time, so hopefully he's back involved for Bristol City. Stepping in in place of them were 19-year-old Youth Academy graduate, again, Charlie Hughes, and traditional right-back Ryan Nyambi took the left centre-back position next to Jack Watmore. Tendadariqua and James McLean remained on the wings with the midfield of Max Power and Christ Tiehi. And even though we didn't score on Monday night at Blackburn, Maloney kept trust in Will Keane, Daniel Sanani and Callum Lang, who actually was playing for the 100th time in a Wigan shirt. On the bench, we named Jamie Jones, Tom Pierce, Stephen Corker, Tom Naylor, Tello Asgard, Charlie White, and we welcome back Ashley Fletcher. I don't think there was any major shocks with the lineup, but I probably, I thought more that Stephen Corker was going to play at left centre-back rather than Ryan Niambe, but to be honest, I thought Niambe, he did well. Not really his traditional place, but when you're going alongside Jack Watmore and Charlie Hughes, obviously you've got a very specific role that you need to do, and I think that he did it. He did it pretty well. I would also probably have put Talo Asgard on in place of Daniel Sanani, but I understand that Sean Maloney probably is wanting to get Sanani up and running as soon as he can, so maybe sticking with him is probably the way to go. Huddersfield's lineup featured a couple of players that had come in in the January transfer window. I think Vaklic, their goalkeeper, came in in January with Martin Waghorn and Anthony Knockhart, the only ones I can really remember. But Jack Radoni, who was playing in the middle, has got four assists in 31 games. I think overall, they only had six goals and seven assists between the whole starting lineup. And Martin Waghorn is getting on a bit now. I think he's 32 or 33. Same as Jordan Rhodes, who is on the bench and he was their top scorer with five. Danny Ward, who's 32, their second top scorer. He's got three goals a season, but he wasn't involved at all. So the lineup really didn't scare me all that much. I didn't read it and think that there was any clear areas that we were going to struggle. But that Hungbo, who is number 16 for them, was playing on the right wing. I thought he was really, really good all the way throughout the game. Causes a lot of problems. Huddersfield kicked off the game. They're shooting towards the away fans for the first half. But for the opening sort of 15 minutes, neither side was really committing themselves forward. It's no real shock when there's a big three points on the line because neither side wants to overcommit. You don't want to make any mistakes first. You especially don't want to concede first. But after 12 minutes, the Huddersfield right back, Ollie Turton, he went down, he landed awkward on his knee. He sort of jarred it on the surface. He had to come off and Will Boyle came on in his place. 
we know it more than anybody that when you're sort of down, injuries don't favor you at all. You know, we were at the bottom of the table. We brought in two centre-backs, Martin Kelly and Omar Akeek. Both got injured within an hour. So we know what it's like and, and hopefully he will be back better soon. After about 20 minutes, the game livened up and it was that Hongbo, uh, Joseph Hongbo, his name is. He sprinted past Ryan Niambe down by the right uh, the right hand touch line. Managed to get a shot away at Ben Amos. I originally thought it was a double save, so I tweeted about it being a great double save, but it looked actually to come off a, a Wigan hand. I think there was a couple of calls for a handball. Ref didn't give it. And then moments later, it was Martin Wagon, first one in the book because he, he pulled down Tendai Dariqua. Our first major attack came from a James McLean ball that got whipped into Wilkeen. And again, I said it last time that he's a bit too nice to play as a, as a central striker. He doesn't quite get to the balls first and the same thing happened again. Ball got swung into the box. Wilkeen couldn't get to it. But then it fell to Jack Watmore and it was an overhead kick that he tried to, to open the score in. It's just wide, but, you know, that was a ambitious attempt. There wasn't really much in terms of excitement the rest of the first half, but Charlie Hughes was a player that was finding brilliant long balls all the way through, and we've seen it plenty of times with his move up to senior-level football that he can do this, and he's only played, this is only his fifth start for Wigan, and he does it constantly. He'll either pick a direct pass on the ground, or he can pick out anybody in the air, and you can see that that's also rubbing off on Jack Watmore as well. He's trying a lot of the long balls now, so between Rakeek, Hughes, and Watmore, I'm getting more confident in this back line that when everybody's back fit and ready, we're going to have a really good back three there. But the first half was really just a really good defensive set up by Huddersfield. We couldn't break them down. They were really compact and we just could not get there. We were trying to go out wide to the wings. Hughes was sending balls to McLean or they were trying to drive Tendadariqua down the right. It was just breaking him down was, was really difficult. Neither side made any changes at the break and it was our turn to kick off. We were kicking towards the away fans. Again, the second half started very much like the first. Very defensive. Nobody nobody wanted to overcommit early on. I will say that Daniel Sanani's final pass does need to be addressed in training. Very few are working out as they should. We usually lose possession when he's trying to play further up the field. He's getting into really good space, but now what he needs to do is work with the ball because he's just starting to hinder our movement going forward a little bit. I get that Sean Maloney probably wants to get him up and running really soon, so just trying to give him the game time, but it is that final pass that he's got to figure out. We made our first substitutions just around the hour mark, and it was Dariqua and Sinani who did come off for Tom Pierce and Ashley Fletcher. We changed the formation a little bit. We tweaked it with two different variations. We had a bit of a 4 4 2 shape when we were attacking with McLean up further on the left wing. Tom Pierce had a bit more freedom at left back and was covering well, trying to get the overlap and swing some balls in. And Ryan Niambe moved over to the right back position to cover for Tendai Dariqua as he came off. On the defence, we sat more in a 3 4 1 2 with Pierce covering at left centre-back and James McLean at left wing-back and it was Fletcher and Keane up top. So we had two really good formations there that were that were working well with each other. I didn't really have much confidence in Tom Pierce as a left centre-back. I saw that Dan Stacey was talking about it on Twitter and I didn't really see the vision. Once he explained it, then I got it. And once we actually saw it in real life, I thought that it worked pretty well. So that is obviously another good option to have. Huddersfield made three of their subs on the hour mark. Their keeper, Vaklich, went down injured and they brought off Martin Wagon and Anthony Notcart. Bella Kapic, Rhodes and Mahoney came on for them. Chris Tiehi was the only Wigan player in the book in the afternoon. He fouled Hungbo. Still causing no end of problems and between Christ Tiehi, James McLean and Tom Pierce, everybody was just trying to stop this guy running because he was a menace. There's a few shots for handballs in the Huddersfield area. I know Tom Pierce tried to whip a cross in, looked to hit the hand of a town player. Then I think Callum Lank headed it and it looked to come off an arm, but you know, the Huddersfield town player was trying to bring his arm away. 
I don't think any of them were stonewall. There was big shouts for it. And really, with this referee, you weren't going to get anything that he didn't deem full on because this guy, he was guessing for most of the time. I thought the atmosphere and the pressure inside the ground really looked good in the last 20 minutes. The crowd were really getting behind the players. And Sean Maloney pulled off Callum Lang, put on Telawazgard for the last 20. I thought Lang was quite isolated in truth over the whole game, but our whole front line was. Sanani was. Wilkin definitely was. And Callum Lang struggled. We won a corner in the final 10 minutes. James McLean stepped up and it was a really deep cross to Jack Watmore who headed it home. That was McLean's sixth assist of the season. Jack Watmore's first goal of the season. As soon as we got the goal, Sean Maloney tried to shut up the shop a little bit. He brought Will Keane off for Tom Naylor and Huddersfield brought off Josh Ruffles for Jaheim Headley. But there wasn't much in terms of excitement in the final stages of the game. After six minutes of added time, referee blew his whistle and we finally got that win. It puts us up to 22nd in the league with 29 points after 30 games. We've leapfrogged Huddersfield Town who have 28 after 30 and Blackpool who have 28 after 30 as well. Before I go through the results around the other grounds in the championship, I just want to run through the stats for this game. Possession, Wigan Athletic 53% to 47%. We had six shots, Huddersfield had five. We only had one on target, which obviously is a common theme, but it was the one that got the goal winner, so it doesn't really matter. Huddersfield Town had two on target. We passed the ball 454 times, they passed it 409. We had 78% accuracy, they had 77. So on the ball, really, it was quite tight, No, nothing really in it. Neither side had any offsides. We had three corners, they had two, and there was only two yellow cards in the game, one apiece, one for Christ Tiehi and one for Martin Waghorn. I think it's quite hard to choose a player of the match for this game. I narrowed it down to four players. I said that Jack Watmore, James McLean, Christ Tiehi and Charlie Hughes are probably on my list for ones that really deserve it. But again, Ben, ben Amos had a great game in goal. I thought Max Power played a lot better again, but that is just with Christ Tiehi to the, to the left of him, I think. They really do complement each other well. Max is still struggling with his long balls, trying to get switch the plate. They just seem to be a yard or two off where they need to be. Maybe he needs to stop doing them and you know let, it, let Charlie Hughes do it or let Jack Watmore do it. Try and play it along the ground instead because we are just turning over possession too many times like that. But no, I would probably narrow it down to, to those four. My overall one that I would go for is Christ T.A. Here, I know Jack Watmore got the goal and James McLean got the assist, but Christ T.A. Here, whatever we need to pay for him, Talal just needs to do it. Just get that guy signed up. I did actually message him and I said sign the contract and he said I hope. So we can only hope that he is eventually going to get given a contract and he will sign it. Sean Maloney's post-match interview with Wigan, I thought that he again conducted himself very well. He's very positive about everybody but he also understands that this is just one more game and we also have 16 more to go. He speaks a lot about mentality and having to try and match and then better the opposition's mentality. He was saying that coming into Blackburn, he was saying it again coming into Huddersfield. He's, he's really trying to ground these players now. Yes, they've got two clean sheets in the last two games. They've got four points from six. But it is all about grounding yourself and going out against Bristol City on Wednesday, knowing it's a different kind of challenge, but also trying to ride the momentum of this one. He spoke a lot about Charlie Hughes as well. He said that Charlie is an exceptional, really. He's probably our best player in possession in the first half as well. He was the one that was brave and really passing through Huddersfield, a fantastic performance. And you can't really argue with that. I think Charlie Hughes was brilliant. Definitely deserves more time in senior football and I think should be getting it. Like I said before, with Rakik at the left, Watmore in the middle and Charlie Hughes on the right, I think is the way to go. Maloney knew about Operation Huddersfield coming into this game and he was also speaking about how proud he's going to be leading the team in front of the DW fans. And he had a message for the, for the support as well. He said, I cannot underestimate the good feelings that they've not given, not just me, but the players. He said he knows that there's moments in the game where the game isn't as fluent as we would love. But in fairness to the fans, they stick with us and I didn't hear any negativity. 
please don't underestimate the strength that they gave us. I really appreciate whoever comes down to Bristol because it does make the world a difference. I think it definitely helps that when you've played for Wigan and you know the supporters, you know what it means, that Maloney really does just get what everything's all about and that obviously does help. So the results around the ground, there was a game last night which was Birmingham City versus West Brom and it was Birmingham won 2-0 in that one. And if you've not seen the defending for Hannibal Mabry's free kick, go and watch it because it is laughable from West Brom. Everybody's so static. I compared them to Sabutio characters. I don't know what they were really doing. But then today we had Blackpool versus Rotherham. That is a big game at the bottom of the table as well. That was nil apiece. Coventry City played Luton Town and that was 1-1. Burnley played Preston North End and won 3-0. It was Sheffield United 3, Swansea 0. Watford 1, Blackburn 1. Cardiff City 1, Middlesbrough 3, which is a result exactly like we needed. Sunderland 1, Reading 0. Stoke City 0, Hull City 0. Queen's Park Rangers 1, Millwall 2. And Bristol City got a win over Norwich City. They won 1-0 at their own ground. So there's been a bit of movement at the bottom of the table. I would say that Birmingham really are within touching distance now of getting out of the relegation scrap. They're on 38 points after 30 games. At the bottom of the table is Blackpool with 28 points from 30 games. They're in 24th. Huddersfield Town with 28 points from 30 games. We have 29 points from 30 games. Cardiff City also have 29 points, but they've played 31 games. So if we can win our game in hand, we can leapfrog them. Rotherham have got 33 points from 30 games. Stoke City, 34 from 30. And I would say that Reading and Birmingham, both on 38 points, they're probably going to start climbing this table. Well, the football starts again on Wednesday night as we go down to Bristol City to face them at the Ashton Gate Stadium. Nigel Pearson's side are currently in 13th in the Skybet Championship, obviously after their 1-0 win over Norwich City on Saturday. So we'll be back then for another podcast, probably on Monday or Tuesday. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Central Wigan, or follow the Substack, which is centralwigan.substack.com. It's a newsletter that goes straight to your email with match previews match reviews loan reports and any other big news that comes from the club but until then i am glad that we've got the win and up the ticks